Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio Program. Today's episode may be the most unique program we've ever done on our podcast because we're going to be diving into the space of politics and government and how Christians can engage their local and state officials in gospel-centered ways. Our guest is Daniel Degner. He's the director of the Church Ambassador Network for the Wisconsin Family Council. And he's going to help us understand the fallacy of separation of church and state and how we can do amazing ministry at the intersection of our Christian faith and government. Now, this conversation is critical as we look forward to elections in 2024, but not to promote a specific political party, but instead to educate and inspire you on how to build relationships with elected officials for the sake of the gospel and the good of your community. It really does make a difference that your local government officials know who you are and what you believe about God's design for sex and life. So if you'd like more info about Daniel and how to get involved in the Church Ambassador Network, visit wifamilycouncil.org and click on Church Ambassador Network. Or reach out to Daniel directly by email at ddegner, that's D-D-E-G-N-E-R, at wifamilycouncil.org. For even more resources, visit BeBroken.org or check out links in today's show notes. And we'd love it if you would rate and review the podcast after listening to help others find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken, and we exist to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now let's get into this unique conversation with Daniel. All right. Well, Daniel Degner, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Yeah, so you and I met this uh, earlier in this year at the Sexual Integrity Leadership Summit that was going on in Jacksonville, Florida. And I have to admit, I was, you probably had the most unique uh, sort of job space of anybody that was actually at the Leadership Summit because, you know, most of the folks that were at the Sexual Integrity Leadership Summit were specifically doing, let's say, sexual addiction recovery ministry, or they were involved in, in counseling ministry, or maybe they were a pastor at a local church. And and I met you and I was like, what do you do? And you started trying to explain it to me. And I said, I don't get this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously you do, we're going to talk about this. You do an amazing thing that helps to try to connect the local church pastors and, and local church leaders to state legislatures. And so can you, first of all, tell us um, where you are located and what your specific role is in your state? And then maybe we can talk more about this uh, church, um, uh, the Church Ambassador Network. Yeah. So uh, my name again is Daniel Degner. I live in Wisconsin. So if um, you ever hear any sirens in the background, I live in a small town called Rosendale. We're the speed trap capital of America. We give out more people a year. So it's just someone getting a speeding ticket if you hear sirens in the background. But um, so I work for Wisconsin Family Council. And so how it works um, is I am the head, I'm the director of our Church Ambassador Network initiative here in the state. And so the family leader in Iowa um, started the Church Ambassador Network initiative about 10 years ago. And now they franchise that out to different family policy councils. Um, and family policy councils got their start from focus on the family. Focus on the family about 30, 40 years ago was looking at how can we can make biblical impacts in our federal government, but realized there was a need for Bible-believing Christians to make an impact as well in state governments. 
And so that's how Family Policy Council started. And so now with the Church Ambassador Network model, we're trying to find ways to reach the next generation of pastors, but also reach the next generation of those in elected office. Um, it's great that Christians want to stand on good values, values that we promote and believe, like the value of biblical marriage and a, sec- a biblical sexual ethic, the sanctity of human life, religious liberty, um, and all those sorts of issues. But we also need to make sure that we're being gospel focused and being relationally focused. And so that's our heart is that we try to connect the shepherds of the church, those who are pastors, to the, she- to the shepherds of our government, those that are elected officials. Can you can you share just a little bit of your own story? Like, how did you come into this type of work? Give us a little bit of your story. Yeah, so some of my story. So I grew up in a home that um, wasn't a wasn't a Christian home. We we didn't go to a Bible believing church. But when I was sixteen, I um, came to the Lord and ended up getting a call to ministry and went to Liberty University for undergrad for pastoral ministries. And so when I was there, I really struggled with during the uh, the school year, I'd focus on ministry. I would do church internships, but I also had a little bit of a, of a political ambition, a political itch that I needed to meet. So in the summers, I would intern for organizations that did political work. And I was always told I had to choose between one option or the other option. I couldn't do both. And eventually I ended up doing a, a leadership group called Ford Leadership Network um, out of Ohio. And it was just a really good experience. It gave me a mentor that showed how me how we could biblically make an impact in both ministry, but also in politics. And so when I went to seminary at TEDS, moved home uh, to do my degree online and kind of um, the every every other month go down for a weekend kind of a thing. Uh, but I ran for our city council on my 22nd birthday and, and won and served about 44,000 people in, in our nearby town where I was living at the time, Fond du Lac. And just really had more of a heart of making an impact for biblical Christian values in the public square and um, by the Lord's grace, my boss um, poached me for this job and really glad and thankful for the opportunity to advance the gospel uh, in our state capital. Yeah. So give us a, give us the compelling reason or story of like, why is this kind of ministry uh, necessary? And the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, we hear this phrase bantied around all the time in our culture. And people have tried to root it in, even in our constitution and things like that. Separation of church and state. And I think that mentality a lot of times means people have a little bit of the uh, what you just described, that you have to choose. You either are going to be involved in these political things, these state things, or you are going to be involved in these religious things or these church things. And it's, it's this idea that these have to always be running in separate you know, streams. Can you talk to us, first of all, about maybe the fallacy of that thinking and then and then why the ministry that you're particularly involved in is so essential for the health of both the church and the state? Yeah, so I'll start with the, the biblical reasoning and then I'll kind of go more into a little bit of the political thought behind it. But uh, when I meet with elected officials, I really want to pour into them and, and for them to see that they are a shepherd is, is what scripture says they are. So I have to highlight that God's created three institutions. The first is that of the family we see in Genesis 1 and 2. The second is that of government in Genesis 9. And the third is that of the church in Acts 2. 
And so one of the things I often say is that Wisconsin that has our families, our churches, and our state working together makes us a better Wisconsin. When we have these three institutions made by God work together in harmony for the betterment of our people. So that's the the biblical reason I would give. And, and even with that, when we go into Romans 13, we read that those that are our governing authorities are ministers of God, just as like we have ministers in the local church. Um, there's a, and you're a Texan, Jonathan, so I'm going to quote a, a Texas pastor, Tony Evans. Uh, but one of the things I think Tony Evans hits really well is oftentimes in our churches, if a young man comes and says, I feel that God's calling me to the ministry of the local church. We all get excited, or if they say they're doing missions, we get excited, we cheer them on, we say, this is such a great thing. And then another young man comes and says, I believe that God's called me to be a minister in the avenue of government. And everyone says, oh, well, that's terrible. Don't do politics. Politicians are terrible. But if we're looking at it biblically, we would go back to what the text says and that those that serve in government are ministers for our good. Um, so that's where I would believe that we should look at how we can use government as well as ministry together because God's created both those institutions for our good. When it comes to the political aspect, um, we often hear the term separation of church and state. Um, that's If you look in the Constitution, you look at any of our founding documents, that's nowhere. But the one place it is, is it's um, a letter that was written from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists, where he was explaining to the Baptists that they didn't have to worry about the state over um, being over controlling and telling the church what the church can and could not do in their worship. Um, in about the 1960s, 1950s, somewhere in that time, the Supreme Court um, used that quote and used it for the total opposite meaning, which kind of brought us to where we are today. But I would argue, especially for Christians, that we should find ways to bring God glory in everything that we do. And that would include the public square. Yeah, I think it's very important to make that distinction that biblically speaking, God doesn't draw that same kind of line between government and, uh, and, and, and faith in him, right? I mean, th these things are all interconnected. But let's talk about um, what it is that you are, uh, like what it is that you're actually doing in terms of trying to create these relationships and these, what you call relational ministry and advocacy between local churches and elected officials. What does that actually look like in the day-to-day -day practical? Yeah, so in Wisconsin, we're a totally different state than than Texas. So our legislature is basically a full time legislature. They're there all year round, um, Tuesday through Thursday. Whereas I think for you guys, you're they're only there for about a month every other year. Uh, but we're very relational in that we go to the Capitol about two to three days a week, uh, depending on the season, and we build relationships. So we move at the speed of relationships. And so one of the things that I really appreciate about our ministry and what we do is um, oftentimes we hear the phrase of a parachurch ministry. Um, I think parachurch ministries are great, but really the heart of our ministry is that we're a pro-church ministry. We understand that God's plan A for today is that of the local church. And so we want to find ways that we can connect pastors and the ministries that they're utilizing at the local church to make an impact in our governing authorities. And going in with that, I should share there's three ways that we minister. Um, so the first is to the person. We want that elected official to know that um, even though they're a leader, even though they're an elected official that oftentimes is not viewed as an individual human being that has value and unique worth because they're made in the image of God that they do and that we care about them and we want to minister to them um, as an individual person, regardless of any sort of struggles they could be working through or anything like that. Uh, the second is we minister to them as a shepherd. So we want to point them to the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, so that in everything um, that they do, they're looking at scripture as and how they can better lead our state. 
And the third is as a community partner. And that's where it's really beautiful to bring churches in that have really good ministries, whether that be um, foster care uh, prevention, addictions ministries. I think that's where a group like Be Broken can fit in really well um, or any other sort of ministry a church is doing and highlight that to those that are in our, that are governing our authorities so they can find ways to connect the dots to help better serve people throughout our state. Yeah. Now, how how uh, how big is this church ambassador network? I mean, uh, where are these? Because, I mean, we have listeners all over the country and even around the world, but um, but that's not necessarily everywhere that there's going to be this kind of, of ministry in, let's say, uh, a particular state. So where are these um, located? Yeah. So where we have um, staff located. So I'm in Wisconsin. We have 18 other states that are part of this initiative. And if you go to uh, thefamilyleader.com and you go under the Church Ambassador Network or the Daniel Impact, you'll be able to find which states there are. If you personally contact me, I'd be more than happy to connect you to see if someone's in that state. Uh, but we believe this model is even beyond just what is in those 18 states and can be taken really anywhere because it's a relational model. It's how we can build relationships with governing authorities, not just for a vote, not just for them to do what we want them to do politically, but to pour into them and their souls. Now you mentioned uh, the Daniel impact. Can you share more about what, what that is and how that's all connected to this as well? Yeah. So when you think of the Daniel impact, just think of it kind of like a, a franchise model. So it, if, a, if a state family policy council signs onto the church ambassador network with the Daniel impact, what they're saying is that our goal and our heart is to have the same vision, the same mindset. So if a pastor were to move states or um, if an elected official and went from one state to another, would talk to another elected official, that we'd have the same branding, but also the same vision and mission and, and that we have those same core values. And, and really the heart of those core values is first that we're Christ-centered. Everything that we do is um, to promote Jesus Christ as um, the King of the earth as our Lord and Savior and to share the gospel with everyone we meet. Um, the second is that we're grace-driven. Oftentimes in our state capitals, there's a lot of ungraciousness that happens. And most people that look at politics view it as an ungracious system, whether it be Republicans to Democrats, Democrats to Republicans. And oftentimes I surprise people and I tell them the worst ungraciousness is often within one's own caucus. Um, the last is we're nonpartisan. So we share the gospel. We meet with each and every person that we can that will open their doors for us. Uh, the fourth is we're relationally built. So we move at those speed, we move at the speed of relationships and we really pour in um, to those elected officials because I, me being there two to three days a week allows for a pastor that's able to come one time a year or one time every six months to really start with having a solid relationship to start the meeting instead of starting at square one. Uh, the fifth is we're partnership minded. So we try to find ways to partner and the last is we're prayer focused. So we pray at the conclusion of your meeting. So, for for our listeners that are still with us, because here's the thing: this is the Pure Sex Radio uh, podcast, and and so many times people are listening to our podcast, and they're 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 coming with, man, they've got uh, you know an addiction to pornography, or their their child is struggling with some kind of sexual identity confusion, or whatever. And so we're dealing so much in this specifically in this space of sexual brokenness, and they might be wondering why did Jonathan bring this Daniel guy on here to talk about, you know, elected officials and local church and connection? And can you help to maybe draw a line for some of our listeners to understand that these things are not so disconnected, the local 
family and individual problems that they're struggling with related to sexual brokenness is not as maybe far removed from mm -hmm. what you're trying to do in creating some uh, connection and and um, solidarity, if I could put it that way, between the local church and the elected official. Absolutely. It influences is huge for those that are in elected office when we have opportunities to, to influence them, but also to show that there's people in their community that actually hold to these these biblical viewpoints when it comes to a sexual ethic. It's huge for a representative or a state senator to see that, oh, I have a church of 3,000 people and the pastor comes and sees me and and promotes a message of love, care, um, caring, shares the gospel with me, but also holds a, a clear biblical sexual ethic. Um, but really, I think what would be interesting for your listeners to hear is the partnership piece of what we've done. Um, and then I haven't had this opportunity in Wisconsin, but some of my other colleagues around the country have. So in Iowa, uh, they brought a pastor. So what they did is they met with the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds. And so Kim really cares about foster care. And so they talked about ways the church could help serve in foster care. But one of the things they want to do too is how can we make the governor aware of an issue that churches are dealing with and working on that she's currently unaware of? And so they brought a pastor that hosts um, a ministry for um, sexual addiction recovery. And through that, they were able to have further conversations to make porn considered an epidemic in the state of Iowa so that you would have um, treatments that could be focused towards helping those that struggle with sex addiction or pornography addiction. Uh, and to, so many other ways that we can help make this issue better known and aware of so that we can help more people that are struggling with pornography addiction. Yeah, that's really good. I was wanting to ask you about if you've got some some stories to share that that you've really seen the the impact. I mean, you shared one there. Um, are there some other ones that you can that you can share that you can think of that it's like, man, this really either worked out exactly the way we were hoping it would, or maybe there were some stories that you're like, we didn't see that coming, but there was even maybe a better outcome than what you had hoped for. Yeah. So I'll share um, some different ones. This isn't necessarily related to just the um, kind of the sexual integrity topic, but uh, there's a lot of opportunities. I think that as Christians, we can sometimes put ourselves in this mold of thinking, man, that person would never hear the gospel or that person would never be able to have a conversation with me. Uh, but when we start conversations with grace, it's amazing to see where the Lord will take it and we would lead it with his word. Um, I had a meeting opportunity and you may be familiar, but when the Dobbs decision came down that overturned Roe v. Wade, my office was uh, the first um, place in the country that was firebombed as a result of the Dobbs decision. And um, our state representative uh, where our office is is a Muslim and we had a really great opportunity to just meet with him after that happened to, to pray for the safety of the city of Madison and to really care for um, for everyone, regardless of what had happened with the Dobbs decision or people's different um, political ideologies. And as a result of that, we've been able to build relationships with him, his staff, as well as pastors in the community to where we share the gospel with him consistently on a quarterly basis. He understands the gospel. He tells us what the gospel is. He still rejects what scripture says. He still rejects what the gospel is, but it's an amazing opportunity we have to influence him. But he also now wants to find ways of how can we partner with churches and things like childcare, because we have a childcare crisis in the state of Madison, or how can we partner with churches in the area of adoption? And so those relationships have been really helpful. Um, I had a, another um, kind of fun conversation with a pastor and an elected official um, where we were at a coffee shop once and 
uh, he, this person was in leadership and was just struggling with having to deal with, if I, if I knew one thing, half the people that I'm leading will yell at me to do one thing and the other half will yell at me to do the other. And so it was funny to have a pastor of the room say, you know what, representative, as a pastor, I know what it's like to lead a church through COVID and have those same experiences. Um, but then there's even been times where we've sat down and have talked about how we care about that representative as a person and have said, I want you to know that I care about you as an individual human being because you're made in the image of God and you have unique intrinsic value. And to have that representative tear up and say, I've been in elected office for six years and you're the only person to ever tell me that I matter as a human being. Oftentimes when we're in the Capitol, uh, we hear just, I don't know if horror stories is a good way to put it, but oftentimes, especially in budget season, the representatives will have anywhere from 20 to 30 meetings a day for up to three months. And they're always given an ask. Can you do this for me? Can you give me X amount of dollars? Can you give me Y policy? And they tell us consistently that we're the only group that goes in there not to say, we want you to do this or that, but to find ways that we can serve them and, and minister to them. And so we have some really neat opportunities because we're changing the paradigm of going there to ask government for things, ways they can help the church, and now saying, how can the church help serve the government? Yeah. I love what you're doing because I think there, you know, in our culture, in the United States anyway, uh, you know, politics is a, a, a charged word and topic. I mean, I think it either, you know, it fires some people up and it just completely extinguishes others and it's a lightning rod. And so the fact that you're, you're calling Christians to be, uh, salt and light, calling them to live with grace and truth and calling them to love their neighbor is so huge because I think it starts to diffuse a lot of those tensions and a lot of those um, maybe misguided passions. But what do you do, what would you say to the person out there that is maybe um, either on the fence or maybe just disinterested and thinking, I don't really see why this is that big a deal? How would you try to compel them or inspire them to say, this is something worth considering, uh, either being part of or supporting or getting connected in some way? Yeah. So there's the old adage that policy impacts culture, but also that culture can impact policy. I think when we look at how culture and as well as policy has very negatively affected and impacted uh, America's sexual ethic today. We see pornography uh, usage is becoming it's um, being used by kids at younger and younger ages. It's becoming more addictive, and there's all these other issues that we see with sexual integrity. But a lot of that is because Christians, we've in some ways we've left the public square to talk about these issues, or we've done so in a way that's ungracious and uncharitable. And so, as we build opportunities, as we build relationships, and we do so with grace, but still with Scripture, still with truth we really have opportunities to make an impact um, for the advancement of God's kingdom. Yeah. And then what about the, what about the person that's out there that is saying, man, I really wish my church and my pastor was way more involved in what you're talking about. What are some steps they could take to actually just as a, a member of a church to be able to try to help their leadership, maybe move more in this direction of, of connecting with elected officials? Yeah, so I think there's some common concerns that we hear from pastors from time to time that say, I don't want to do anything that's political. And I, I totally understand that from a church. I understand where 
they're coming from and they want to walk forward in unity. But I do think it can be helpful from time to time to remind them what scripture says. There was multiple times where Paul appealed uh, to Caesar. There was multiple times we see throughout the Old Testament where God used people to pour into the governing authorities um, to make an impact for his kingdom. And so we can use those examples as ways to, to encourage our pastors to um, make a difference or make an impact. Um, and it's even, if you're a member of a church, it can even be as simple as, this is something I did with my own pastor, is we set up a meeting with our local school superintendent to just find ways of, superintendent, we know you have a, a really rough job. You have a lot of people that you're serving. You're having um, a job shortage crisis with teachers. How can we support your teachers in your schools? What are ways that our church can support the two or three schools in our neighborhood? And we've seen tremendous fruit from that. It doesn't have to be a, a big thing. A lot of times people are amazed when they find out how easy it is to connect with their leaders. But just send an email to your local school superintendent or your city council member or state representative and encourage your pastor to, to come along and, and just find ways to encourage them, to offer to pray for them, um, to share the gospel with them, but also to just lend an open hand for partnership in ways you can help serve them. Yeah, I love that. I think sometimes when when we started this conversation and people are thinking about, oh my goodness, local churches connect with elected officials, they're thinking maybe on this grand scale of like, oh, so you're saying we want to build this relationship. So somehow, you know, we co-sign a bill or something <laughs> like we affect some kind of massive policy in our entire state. And what you're saying is, you know, there's levels of elected officials. There's levels of government in our in our states. And you're saying, hey, start in the neighborhood, right? Start with the the, the administrators that down, that's down your street in a school or maybe with your local city council or there's all other kinds of opportunities, right? Yeah, and I'd recommend a book to one of my, so my colleague in Iowa wrote a book on uh, biblical citizenship, uh, Josh Hirschberger. Um, it's kind of four steps. It's a really good um, kind of lay map of what we're doing at the Church Ambassador Network that goes down to how any Christian could, could really pick this up and live out as a biblical citizen. Yeah, that's so good. Well, what are some other, anything else that you would want to want our listeners to know about the the work you're doing or Church Ambassador Network or anything along these lines? Yeah. So if you're in another state that doesn't have a church investor network now, please, please get a hold of me. I'd love to connect you with um, Iowa, our friends in Iowa that kind of have launched the Daniel Impact and where the headquarters is for it. Um, our heart is that we would be in all 50 states. Right now, we're reaching more than 50% of the population of the United States, but we really want to hit each and every state capital. Um, but we also want to, even at some point, go international because we believe that this model is a biblical model. It's a way that we can reach um, our country, reach the world um, with the gospel. And, and we want to find ways that we can better serve um, governing authorities, not just in our own states, but throughout the rest of our country. Yeah, that's so good. Well, where can our listeners go to actually get more information and also to be able to contact you? Yeah, so you'll be able to contact me. So my email is ddegner at wifamilycouncil.org. And so that counts, I'll just spell it out. So it's D-D-E-G-N-E-R at W-I-F-A-M-I-L-Y-C-O-U-N-C-I-L.org. Uh, my phone number is 920-204-4447. I'm always happy to take a text, phone call, anything like that. Um, you can go to our website. It's wifamilycouncil.org. Um, or you could even go, if you want to learn more about all the states that are involved in the Church Ambassador Network model, 
you can go to um, thefamilyleader.org and find information um, there under the Daniel impact that they have. Yeah, that's good. Now, it's um, it can't be a coincidence that, you know, your name is Daniel and you're part of this whole thing that's kind of uh, undergirded by something called the Daniel impact. Did you have you has that that irony hasn't been lost on you, has it? I mean, that you were called into this and you're now working in this field. Yeah, it, it, it has not been lost on me, but it was it was something where the Daniel impact name came before I came on staff. So I had yeah. no, <laughs> no impact in creating that. Yeah. Daniel goes a long way back, you know. So, <laughs> um, well, Daniel, this has been a great conversation and we will definitely put all of those uh, links and your phone number and everything in our show notes so that people can get connected. And I really am uh, expectant that we're going to have some some listeners that are just they've been trying to figure out, hey, how, how do I um, direct these passions that God has put in me for things that other people have told me? Oh, listen, that's not Christian work. That's not really gospel work. That's not really, you know, like you said, you have to choose either politics or the church. And I think you're going to be able to build bridges with maybe some of our listeners that have just been wondering, how do I reconcile these things that God has put in me um, in a way that actually can have a real impact in my community and my state? So thank you for being with us and for for sharing uh, this time with us. Yeah, and thank you as well for all that you and Be Broken Ministries is doing to help serve men and women around our country. Yeah. Well, listeners, like I said, we're going to put all that information in the show notes so that you can be able to connect with Daniel and learn more about the Church Ambassador Network and possibly ways that you can get connected with uh, that if it's already in your state or maybe be able to even bring that to your state so that there could be even more relationships built between local churches and elected officials. Uh, We're so glad that you've been with us. Please reach out to us. We want to help you take your next best step. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.